0: Happy 4th of July week, Cyclone Fanatics. Time for another episode of the Old Man Game podcast here uh, with myself, Chris Williams, and former Cyclone, current member of the Utah Jazz, George Niang. In today's episode, we'll break down Matt Thomas and his new contract with the Toronto Raptors. What that means, um, pick George's brain about the actual basketball ramifications of that where he thinks Matt Thomas fits in. I think it's a great move. We'll hit on that. Uh, George was on ESPN2 on Monday night as a sideline reporter. What? We're going to talk about his aspiring broadcasting career. It's kind of taken off what it's like to play in the summer league. And then we get a little, I don't know, we get a little emotional. It's a little like uh, guy therapy talk towards the end. But I do want to uh, introduce to you a new partner of ours here at cyclone fanatic as we record from of course the carl chevrolet studio i remember them at the rock also carl chevrolet and stewart but cyclone fanatic is proud to partner with the guthrie river ruckus Have y'all ever been to this it's the couple night camping country music extravaganza the guthrie river ruckus taking place this year, July 25th through the 27th in Guthrie Center. About a 45-minute drive west of the Metro. I've been to this a couple times. It's always one of my favorite events to get to. Saw Eric Church play there one year. See Chris Cagle, who's headlining it this year. Chris Cagle coming up. I love Chris Cagle. Kip Moore, an up-and-comer. One of my all-time favorite 90s acts. Diamond Rio and a lot more. Now, we are getting an opportunity for you all if you want to go. Cyclone fans, if you want to buy tickets, we have a $15 discount on tickets if you use the code word Cyclones when you buy your tickets. Keyword, code word Cyclones. It's a $15 discount. And uh, GuthrieRiverRuckus.com, again, that is GuthrieRiverRuckus.com, code word Cyclones and uh i'm gonna be there i can't wait uh diamond rio on friday night and chris Kagel headlining on saturday night i'm i'm fired up and it's an event that i'm i'm really excited to be partnering with them so check them out at guthrie river if you're traveling on the fourth of july maybe your wife's next to you look over at her right now and say honey let's go to the guthrie river ruckus let's do it all right um without further ado It is time for the next installment of the Old Man Game Podcast with George Niang here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. All right, guys. Old Man Game Podcast. I've got Niang um, locked and loaded here uh, Tuesday, July 2nd, a little pre-4th of July. I know a lot of you are going to be traveling, so we are indeed loading up. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network with different um, podcast stands and fits will be recording later on tonight. I think tomorrow actually, uh, Bloom and I will be doing a summer series episode for you, George. Boring. Well, anything's boring compared to you, Mister ESPN. You were on ESPN last night.
1: Yeah, so I heard I was on ESPN too. To be honest with you, the uh, the Jazz knew I participated in broadcaster you, um, which is you know, a broadcaster camp that the NBA Players Association holds. And uh, so they asked me if I wanted to, you know, engage in any of those activities during the summer league. And I was like, sure, why not? So they started me off at sideline reporting, which people don't understand is pretty tough, man. Because when you're live, there's no like, all right, let's redo it. Like, I messed up. No, like, and the camera's on you, and they can see your facial expression. And you kind of have to just push through your thoughts and, and really kind of save yourself if you mess up.
0: Yeah. I I fully understand what you're talking about. It's different on TV That so are you are you in Vegas? Is it the Vegas Summer League that's going on right now?
1: Um, no. So this is the Utah Summer League, right? So there's three days of uh with four teams here in Utah, Cleveland Cavaliers, Memphis Grizzlies, San Antonio Spurs, and obviously the Utah Jazz and we'll play yeah, this will be three days, up the way up to third. They'll have the fourth off, and the fifth, they'll all travel to Vegas and start okay. their excursion over there.
0: Um, so are you – do you have more, like, ESPN assignments, or was last night it for you?
1: So it wasn't really a ESPN assignment. So the broadcast was done by our local network in Utah, but ESPN, two picked it up so that people can see it in the summer league uh, – you know globally
0: yeah. i think yeah no i got you okay so um that was one of the things i actually wanted to talk to you about was this broadcasting camp you call it a camp yeah like is it like a summer camp for guys who are players who want to be broadcast like how, how would you describe it
1: well it's, it's honestly it's like the camp your parents send you to where you uh, you're like, no, mom, I don't want to go to summer camp. I want to stay at home today. No, I'm just kidding. It's uh, <laughs> I don't know, It's just the the NBA Play Association does a good job of giving us players opportunities to enhance our brand and things that we can work on. And they're constantly around us, you know, asking if we want to participate in these things. Whether if it's real estate, whether if it's other business excursions, or broadcasting, or becoming an engineer, or going back to school, they do a good job of really pushing us. Um, to be better people outside of the game of basketball. So I just figured it'd be something that people have asked me, like, do you ever want to do it? I'm like, well, you know what I mean? I might as well give it a crack and try it out. And what do you know? I was a natural. I are a PR natural. You're
0: a good talker. I mean, you yeah. can do it. You just, the biggest key is like there's a, there's being a good talker and then there's actually saying stuff that matters. Right. What are you
1: trying to say? I don't say stuff that matters because I was going to say the same about you. Well,
0: what the the difference is, George, is that I'm on for like three hours a day. So, like, I, I can just – you kind of just babble and you have a lot of time to fill, right? What's difficult about the TV jobs that you're talking about is you have like a actual amount of time like that you have to be done in. So, like, those guys – it's not just dumb jocks throwing them in front of a camera because they played the game. To be like a color commentator like you're talking about or a sideliner reporter, you have to really not only know what you're talking about, say it in a fluent manner, but you have to say it in a limited amount of time that it makes sense to the audience. It's a very difficult job.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, just like anything, there's a lot of people that are good people that think at their job. So I I think you're giving that too much credit. There are some some people that maybe are, um, this is probably not the right thing to say, but dumb jocks that they throw in front of the camera that, you know, chip and fall. But those people don't last long. Is that what they you're don't. trying to say, Chris?
0: Yeah, then don't, they don't last. And now it's harder now with social media and stuff because they just get persecuted. Whereas, like, in the 80s, like, they may have but, sucked, but there wasn't the vast amount of feedback.
1: Yeah, it's like the only people that know you sucked are your, uh, or your local viewers. That's funny. Wish you wish we could go back. My gosh.
0: Have you? Did you get roasted? Have you been roasted yet?
1: Um, you know, the two things I got roasted for was, you know, I'm a very laid back, relaxed guy. I want everybody to feel comfortable, so I was chewing gum uh, uh, while I was doing my sideline interview. But the reason why I was chewing gum is like I didn't want my breath to stink. I've had people interview me when their breath stinks, and it's just uncomfortable. Who? So Are, I any want of to the local guys? Person.
0: Ooh. Like any of my colleagues have bad breath. Did I ever have bad uh, breath? So one
1: time I was getting interviewed, and uh, Chris Williams had horrendous <laughs> breath. I wanted to tell you, but you've just been so great to me that I just figured I would, <laughs> they, you know, they, let it pass.
0: They called me Dragon Breath me. in high school. Oh, do players? I don't want to Do, more. do you guys sit around like? Because the media guys can sit around and rip you, right? Like the the players sit around like make fun of like sports talk guys or writers and stuff like that like in the locker room when the when the locker room's not open do you guys ever in your career like just tee off on a writer something like that
1: um yeah like uh so i i I think um you know you give you give guys their credit and like who asks good questions and then who asks you know dumb ones annoying questions and but I always remember, um, who was it? It was, uh, we'd be back in my apartment and Andy Murphy would come on late. And sometimes it's like, you don't know who he's rooting for and what stance he's taken and different things like that. But he was always good to me. So I have nothing bad to say about him. But all the media people were, uh, were, were great to me. But I do remember, was it, is it Bobby Hansen? Um,
0: Bobby Hanson's the so, Iowa color guy.
1: Yes, so he's the Iowa color guy. But someone sent me like a clip of him he, where uh, so after the year that I blew the kiss, yeah, um, Iowa obviously came to our to Ames and was whooping us in the first half, right? Yes. And I guess someone sent me a clip of the first half where he was like, "Oh, George, you're not blowing kisses tonight," <laughs> and and we ended up winning, and uh, you know all the. All the stuff that happens with him, I don't wish any ill well will against anybody. I mean, obviously, it's unfortunate the mishaps that happened, but it, it is what it is. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not a big deal. Stuff happens. Yeah, but, uh, I remember that. So I, I, th- I thought there was like ill will between us. You know what I mean? Because if you say something like that about me, you know what I mean? And I, like, I'm thinking like, oh, you don't like me. But it was just him being him and doing his job. Because I saw him when. Uh, Iowa was playing in Minnesota, and I had known an assistant for Iowa, and I was seeing him at their hotel, which is, like, the only person I see from Iowa. He's at he's at the University of California right, right now, assistant coach uh, Andrew Francis. Yeah. But Bobby Hansen walked in, and he was like, oh, you know, great to see you. Happy for your success. But in my mind, I'm thinking, like, he was going to walk away by me and be like, who is this clown? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what everybody on that side of the state <laughs> – tends to think but uh, you know at the end of the day i'm the winner you know my record is three and one so the kiss yeah everybody's
0: everybody's Uh, always wanting to know like where it came from was it planned or was this just like you were just you just heard enough from their the 14 people who are in their student section like how did how did the kiss come (laughs) to be well,
1: so you know their student section how, how Colorado is kind of like a bowl. So they were like kind of like right up on us, and during the whole game, there. I mean, we had a, I had a tough first half, so they were constantly like berating, like <laughs> you suck, you're this, you're that, you'll never be Utah or Aaron White, and then we come out and <laughs> throttle them in the second half. So like I'm all juiced up, right? And then so. If you, don't, if you remember, I was at the free throw line before, right? Yeah. And I think there was like three or four minutes left. We were up like 25, and I was going to do it after I hit a free throw, but something that flipped my mind, or I was like, you know, there's too much time on the clock. Like, someone could take me out, like, do that, and then, like, I still have to play a little longer, and someone could take me out. I could get injured. So I was going to do it then, but I was like, nah, forget it. And then I remember uh, they were pressing, and I was like, all right, I can definitely get, like, a leak-out layup. You know, we're up 25. <laughs> you know, they're not really going to be trying to get a steal. They're just going to, you know, show press. So then I got to breaking it out, and, and uh, I think it was Peter Jocko chasing me down. So I tried to keep him on my hip, and then Mike L tried to sleep down. And I was thinking about doing it as I'm dribbling and laying the ball up. And as I'm laying the ball up, as you see, like, I kind of break focus and the ball slowly like starts to roll around the rim. And I went to look at the student section, but looks back up to see if it, the ball went in. And that's when I looked at them and passed the ball went in. And it was like, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you like that. You know, Kirk Cousins walks back and walks like You like that? You like that? So no, it, it was just, I mean, listen, I understand the rivalry is a huge thing and it's been a huge thing for me, but if you're not going to have fun with it, like I don't have any time for you. Like, People that get oversensitive and, like, want to talk personal. Like, let's talk about the thing. Did you win or did you lose? Like, that is simply what it comes down to. When I lost or we lose, in, we lost in a sport uh, against Iowa, I'm not out here backtracking and saying, oh, but this, that, and the other. I hate that. If you lose, take your wounds, go home, heal up, come back the next year. But sometimes the other side, I'm not even going to mention their name, they're like, well, we're not of this school. We're not of that school. But I, I just love the passion that both schools have, and and I, I, just wish that there's some people that could just get over the fact that you know what I mean it's not that big of a deal. Um, if you lose, just come back the next time and try to win.
0: You're, well, you're talking about you're talking about Twitter though, and there's not like there's good people on Twitter, but there's also a lot of really irrational folks on there. You just can't like I've yeah. I've kind of learned over the years where I used to kind of think like I would I would actually start to feel worse about society and then I don't know it's just, it doesn't really represent everybody I had to learn that it took me about five years to learn that but I'm I'm finally there where it, I I feel like that is often the lowest common denominator of fan what do you think
1: Yeah, uh, no, it's true. I tweeted something the other day. I said that our social media. Where anybody can be whoever they want to be, but um, you know, don't. Uh, yeah, that was a good don't tweet. For, don't, don't forget, don't forget to be yourself.
0: That was a really good tweet. So, speaking of social media, there's a quote that um, well, I'll always remember about the Hoiberg era at Iowa State, and it was when Fred was talking about Matt Thomas his freshman year, and Matt yeah. was struggling a little bit. His he really wasn't. Like, for being a true freshman, he was actually playing really well. But for some reason, some fans were getting on him or something. And Coach Hoyberg says something along the lines in a press conference about how social media is going to be the end of us as a society. And he was being hyperbolic, but he was also trying to prove a point like, hey, quit tweeting at the freshman players, you idiots. And um, I was thinking about that moment yesterday when when your former teammate, Matt, who just killed it in Europe last year. He's been fantastic, one of the best players overseas the last couple of years. And he got a three-year deal with the defending champion Toronto Raptors. And I was just thinking about, man, how far he's come from the day Fred Hoiberg um, was publicly telling everybody about how he's telling Matt to get off of social media to where he is now. How do you, How did you respond yesterday, George, when you saw the news about Matt?
1: Oh, I mean, you couldn't be happier for the guy. I mean, look at how what the situation that Matt Thomas walked into, right? You know, obviously Fred was a great player here. And you know what I mean? Everybody looked at him as being the next Fred. And there were so many expectations. And you think about it, like coming into college, like as a freshman is is tough. I mean, I think I had an advantage because I went to boarding school. You know, I, I had to learn how to do my laundry on my own. I had to learn how to do different things. While I was in high school, these kids are coming from public high schools where, one, they were the man, you know, they're in a small town. And now you have to adjust to everybody's just as good. Now I have to figure out living out on my own where, you know, my mom or family, you we know, don't have dinners together. I have alone time. And I mean, it's, trust me, college is a great time. I enjoyed every last minute of it. Let me, let me tell you, if we want to get into those stories, we can have a whole other podcast that we'll call The Adult Beverage Man. Uh, Sound, podcast. count me in but um
0: sorry that was really cheesy that's all right but anyway don't worry about it we're uh, used to it
1: um just the, the the kid just worked endlessly like yeah people were like his first two years were down and he wasn't that great and then the kid just takes full advantage of his opportunity when naz went down he was our best three-point shooter he made tough shots he was just amazing. And then his senior year, he had a stellar year. And then the, the thing that, the, that I love about Matt is he's just addicted to getting better. The kid is always in the gym. I've never seen a regimented player like him. He just is diligent in his work. He gets everything done. And uh, he's just a fun guy to be around. The best thing that I like about people is that I'm, you know what you're getting on a day-in, day-out basis. Where I come in. Matt's going to be funny. I'll crack a couple of jokes, when it comes down to working, he's ready to work. The thing that I hate is being around people where, am I going to get a hardworking guy today, or am I going to get a lazy guy? You know, so yeah. it's just, I, I like a constant. So if I know what I'm getting out of you, we can be homies. We can be dudes.
0: The thing, um, another thing that kind of came to my head yesterday, George, when, when Matt got his deal is... It, that, that that whole group of you all really all of you guys who are in the nba from iowa state minus the guys who left this year you're four-year guys who you all none of you were like these super highly recruited guys out of high school you all had other offers but you were developmental guys when it comes to eventually making it into the NBA. None of you were these can't-miss NBA prospects. And you all – Iowa State did a good job with you in development, but, like, that can only take you so far when it comes to playing at the highest level in the world. Like, you have to have that inner work ethic. And from you to Monte to Naz, Nader, Burton, now Matt, I don't think I'm missing anybody – you're all four-year your guys who just worked your asses off and you you weren't first round picks and you've taken unconventional routes but you've made it. Why do you think that that group has had so much success in and you know in making really good money at the game's highest level?
1: You know, I I think we all have like one thing in common and that's just the ability to go out there and, and take the opportunity. A lot of people, you know, sit around and wait for opportunities to come to them but I think we go out there and seize the opportunity and make the most of what we have and realize good things when we have them and cherish them. Uh, you know, we always had each other, and we always realized that when we are at Iowa State, and we always had the University of Iowa State. Like, let's call a state of spades. Iowa State is not looked at in the public eye as a Duke or a Kentucky, but all of us knew that we wanted to go somewhere where we are going to be appreciated. There people appreciate us as people, us as players. <clears throat> and when you have that, you want to give your all um, towards, towards that university, towards the people that appreciate you. And then you slowly start to realize, like, when you're, you know, doing these things, when you're working out all the time because you want to show, like, the fan base that, you know what I mean, you, we want to put together the best team that we have. There's these little things where you're like, man, like I can really get to my dreams and get to my goals. And if I, if I sacrifice a little bit here, I can reach this goal here. And I just think all of us sacrifice so much you know, to, yeah. to get to where we're at. Like Naz sacrificing shots to play on the same team as Matt and me and, you know what I mean, Absolutely. Abdul and Deontay. And just everybody sacrificed so much that I feel like when – you sacrifice all these things for, for the greater good of the team, great things end up coming around and happening for you. So, um, I just, like I, like I said before, I just think all of us do a great job of seizing the opportunity. There was never a moment where I looked out there and and looked at Matt's eyes, looked at Monte's eyes, at Duel, Deontay, Naz, and was like, we're not on the same page. Like, we're not wanting the same things. I think at the end of the day, we all wanted to win, and when you want that, the rest of For these young kids, I hope they get this message. The rest of the stuff takes care of itself. You know what I mean? Obviously, you have to work hard and hone your craft every day. So, if you continuously uh, have winning in the front of your mind, (coughs) everything will take care of itself. And I think we're we're all products of that.
0: You haven't played in Europe yet, but I know you're you're familiar with the basketball. And I guess the greater point I would have, without having intricate knowledge of toronto's roster for next year since free agency's going on it's a little tricky to you know to lock that down at this point but i like matt's not a rookie you know like i I think that with a guy people forget how good he was defensively at the end of his career at iowa state and playing over in europe he had to have played some defense too like i think matt will be I don't, I don't know like how integral in the rotation, but I think he'll play for Toronto if you can shoot like he can, and we've seen him do it in the summer league too. I don't know like what's your, what's your read on it? I feel like with the three year deal, you now the third year is um, is a team option, but it it seemed to be like a contract where this isn't just some guy, some placeholder in the thirteenth roster spot. How do you read this,
1: uh, Chris? Let me ask you this: when you have a guy like um, Pascal Siakam, uh, Kawhi Leonard, uh, you know, Kyle Lowry, and you want to be able to have them be able to play one-on-one, right? Because yeah. those guys are so good that they can play one-on-one, right? Correct. You, you you obviously need other defenders to be occupied by other guys, and what's the one way to occupy them? Shooters in space. Stand outside, stand outside the three-point line, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. If you can't
1: shoot, that guy's not going to guard you. You're going to stand on the hoop. Shooting is just becoming that thing that every team needs. It doesn't matter what size you are because, you know what I mean, the game is going smaller. It's positionless basketball. If you can shoot the ball, there is a spot for you to play in the NBA. So, kids, go outside. Get your little Fisher-Price hoop up. Start working on your form, your follow-through. Get mom or dad out there to rebound for you and they're not making you a nice five-star dinner. And just work on that because – All this dribbling drills and dribbling through seven cones, spin move one on one. I saw that's not just be able to shoot because it stretches the floor. And what do teams want? Teams want space to operate. uh, Because the toughest thing I had to learn is those guys that go one on one and take all those dribbles, those guys will pick well before they were actually drafted in the draft. Like people know who they want doing that stuff before. It even happened, you know? The mm-hmm. James Harden, the Paul George is, you know what I mean? Those guys are already deemed who they are before that. If you can make their life easier by stretching the defense with your shot, you're golden. Matt's gonna have a great opportunity in Toronto and I'm so excited for him and I can't wait to see him grow. There. Yeah,
0: I I am too. Um and then with Nick Nurse being there too, there's a lot and I guess Wigginton has a shot to to make that team depending on you know a lot of things there. Uh, Summer leagues going on. We kind of mentioned that at the beginning. What um, because there's a lot of Iowa State. I saw Bab had a really nice night in in his debut in the summer league. Yeah. What's that's an interesting deal because like the way an outsider can kind of view, there's so much on the line for all these individuals. How, what's the key between like you're you're playing on a team and you're trying to play within a team, but yet these guys still need to show what they can do individuals. What's the dynamic like for playing in the summer league?
1: Um, You know, you really just have to go in there and uh, control what you control. I know it sounds like so cliche and corny and like give us more, George, but realistically, like you're given an opportunity, right? You're given an opportunity to play with the team and show what you can do, right? Nothing more, nothing less. Take it for what it's worth. You have to go out there and what's going to make you stand out, whether that's, you know, rebounding or making shots or being able to defend or just basically shooting a good percentage and having good stats when the summer league is over. You know, I I think um, you really just have to get out there and be the best you that you can be. Obviously, like I said, winning comes first, and that usually takes care of itself. So if you're focused on winning, you're just focused on doing the right thing and The rest of it will take care of itself. But at the end of the day, you just need to go in there with a clear mind and realize I can't be anybody that I'm not. You can't go out there and try to shoot five dribble step backs because that was never you, you know? Just go out there, be you, make plays, do the right thing, and and good things will happen. Is that easy? No, because everybody's concerned about their future. These kids, you know, want to live out their dreams, and they realize it's their opportunity. But once you think the moment – is a lot bigger than it is, that's when you start messing up. So the best advice I can give is just be in the moment, absorb it, um, enjoy it, and just be yourself because, I mean, everybody else is taking
0: Are you a little relieved to not be playing in it, though? Like Uh, just to be – you got your spot. You know, you don't need to worry about it now.
1: Yeah. I mean, you you can never be relieved. Uh, The NBA is like a job of – That's true. Uh, you got to be paranoid cause every year there's like yeah. there's 60 new guys coming to take your job, you know? I hear so, you, yeah. And, and someone gave me the best advice. You know, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Because when you're staying the same, someone else is getting better in their past than you. I saw you so,
0: – uh, are you doing like boxing this off season? I thought I saw you – like what are you working on this season? Because I, I swear um, I saw like a video of you boxing or something.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm trying to implement a little boxing with some yoga. Uh, you know, just finding different ways to, you know, up my conditioning and continue to work on my body. Um, like I said, it's, it's a constant battle every day. You try to improve. And at this point, everybody's everybody's skilled. Everybody's talented. But you got to find the little things that are going to help you improve and be better
0: than the next person. How many Bush lights do you drink a day?
1: Ah, I told you I'd have to kill you. <laughs> um, no, I mean... I think it's like anything else. There's time for work and there's time for play. Like, I mean, I I work pretty hard and I play pretty hard too. Um, So that's life. I I enjoy being able to know that I've put in the work and that I've worked really hard and then enjoy my time, you know, whether it's having an adult beverage like a Bush Light or, uh, you know, just hanging out with my friends. I feel like I have a good balance of knowing when I need to turn it on and when I can relax and, and enjoy myself and, and get wild.
0: So uh, before we wrap it up here, 4th of July is coming up. It's one of my favorite holidays. Um, I like blowing stuff up and drinking beer. What uh, Blowing
1: stuff up and drinking beer.
0: Yeah. Do you not do that on the 4th of July?
1: No, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I get what you mean by blowing stuff up as in fireworks, but I was like, I don't know if you were going to blow up your car or... No, this uh, is the
0: I fireworks. Oh, okay. I love it. They, like, few things give me a rush, like just blowing up some fireworks.
1: Ah, isn't it the best?
0: Do you do that? Um, you know, I obviously love the Big love fireworks guy? Bark. Do you just pop on the Toby yeah. Keith and take your shirt off and listen, uh, drink some beer and set off fireworks?
1: Yeah, but my favorite is when you get the Roman candles and shoot those
0: off. Dude, I I can't believe that we were able to do this. And apparently I, I, you shot them at each other. We shot pop bottle rockets at each other when I was kids all the time. Oh
1: I'm glad I wasn't here for. That.
0: It was wild. like I think back at it now like we didn't have like it this is not like we had protective goggles on or like we could have like really injured ourselves badly like, in a really, like, dangerous, and we would, we would seriously, like, we'd be out in the country, and we'd be in, like, like, hiding, like, in bunkers, basically, and we were shooting pop bottle rockets at one another and, like, dodging them. (laughs) There were some burns, like, on the arms and stuff, but nobody ever got hit in the face, thank God. Like, if my daughter was ever... Are you sure you
1: didn't
0: get hit in the face? No, I'm just kidding, my man. Uh, Yeah, I love the... Uh... So, are you just hanging around Utah then? What's the – any plans for the holiday? Yeah.
1: Um, I'll be up in a lake in uh, Idaho hanging out. In, nice. Uh, enjoy, enjoying uh, the nice weather, relaxing, good company. Um, I'm real excited. You know, it's a good a good
0: group of people.
1: I hear and, Idaho's um, awesome. Oh, it's great. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Uh, there's some place in there that are on the thousands in a book. It's called a thousand places you have to see before you die. So you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's a great place. I think uh, we we can go a little longer today because I'm sure people have a, a lot of drives to Ogaboji or or wherever they're going um, this Fourth uh, of July. But you know, I, I think some things we forget in life is the simple things are kind of like the best things. You know. I think that's kind of why I fell in love with the state of Iowa. It's just simple, easy living. Just good people that care about having fun and treating people right. And uh, those are the people you want to surround yourself with. And uh, like I said, that's why I love being in Iowa. It's easy living. Uh, People are great. They know how to have fun. And they just treat each other the right way. What do you think?
0: (sighs) No, I'm the same way. That's why I've never left. I did the... California thing a couple weeks ago, and I absolutely hated L.A. Like, I I would – here, maybe you can answer this question for me because so, I was accused of this being a very small-town question. But, like, I couldn't comprehend the traffic that was in Los Angeles. It was unlike anything I had ever seen in my life. I've been in New York. I've been in Boston, up where you're from, like, and I've seen traffic, right? I've seen bad traffic, standstills. I know all that. But, like, the traffic in Los Angeles, George, was, like, enough to make me want to leave after, like, being there for 20 hours. So, like, here's my question. If you're LeBron, does it really take you, like, two hours to get 12 miles like it does everybody else? Or does LeBron have, like, a helicopter that drops him off at Staples Center? How in the hell does that
1: work? I heard there's a helicopter. There has to be.
0: There's yeah, no I mean, those way guys, those guys would spend four hours in a car before and after a game. It makes no sense to I'm, No, for sure. But, I mean, there's back roads that, you
1: know, eventually people figure out and different things like that. But I think they have drivers. They're on their phones. So sometimes they do things a little differently. But at the end of the day, like, L.A. is crazy. I've never seen, like, a five-lane highway. Yeah. jam packed. Like, it makes no sense. So when I, when I'm
0: out there I'm like this is ridiculous you know I can't I can't
1: you know vibe with this but um yeah you're a you Utah know. guy It's chill Yeah no Utah's great It's 15 minutes to get everywhere
0: I might come out to one yeah. of your games this year for real I've always wanted yeah, to see it
1: I know well you go to Vegas you do cool stuff you know you don't yeah, want to I'd be, like to whatever.
0: um my buddy Luke Wells, he used to coach. He was the offensive coordinator at Utah State. Um, Oh,
1: I went up to a football game up there. They get get real uh, rowdy up there in Logan, Utah.
0: Well, he's now at Texas Tech, so I never got out there to see him. Uh, His brother's the head coach at Texas Tech now. But he, he was trying for years to get me to go out there and tell me how beautiful it was. And... You know, I actually had a reason to go out there and I didn't do it. And you were talking about traveling, right? And doing things before you die. And it's just like, I should really take advantage of you having a reason to go to Utah. And I should go out and see all that before your career's over. Cause I, I think that'd be a lot of fun to just go out there, you know, fly into Salt Lake, rent a car, I could drive around and, you know, see all the sights, take in a jazz game or two. I, that, that's something I should tackle.
1: Yeah. No, for sure, and I, it's I I, I want to get sensitive on this topic because I'm not like I'm not a parent. I don't have kids, but I feel bad for you know parents that you know what I mean, but like I understand you have a family and there's stuff that you need to take care of, and you know many roles as a person, right? A yeah. mom. Oh yeah. You're a daughter. You're a sister, and and you and you look at being like a mom as like the highest role, like, I sacrifice everything for my kids, and I do everything for them, which is great. Like, I I love that, but, like, selfishly, I want to be like, don't forget like, you're a person, too, you know?
0: Yeah, you gotta live. Like,
1: yeah, you have to do things for you. Like, there has to be a time where, you know, hopefully your kids can get away, and you and your spouse get a time to go do something fun, because I feel like sometimes people forget about those things because they're so consumed in you know, doing everything for their kids or doing everything for their sister that's had a troubled past, you know, or... No, I hear you. So I I think it's just so important to find time to do those things that fill your bucket and make you happy because before you know it, like... You could be dead. To be honest with you, it it was like yesterday when I was in high school, you know, and granted, I get a lot of freedom and a lot of time to do things that I love to do, but other people don't have that same luxury, so... I think it's so important for people to get out and do things that fill their bucket. Go out and and take that trip. You know what I mean? Be spontaneous because you don't want 20 years to pass and you to be like, you know what? I wish I did this because I'd be damned if I look back on my life and say, I I wish I did this. I wish I did that. You know, I'm I'm all about picking up and going having a lot of fun. I mean, some people hate that because some people are planners and they're like, how can you do that? But yeah, man, you should definitely come out here and and have a blast. I mean, I I promise you it will be fun, and uh, you definitely have to make time for yourself. I mean, I know you probably do that, but I just want to speak to everybody out there. I know there's moms, there's dads, and you guys all have roles, but get out there and and crush it because this life is so good. There's so many fun things out there, but people don't recognize that because they're in fear of, like, am I not doing enough for my kid? Well, you know, the greatest things in life are, are on the other side of fear. And like, I got that line. I know I'm rambling right now. No, it's right? okay. Sorry. It's
0: your podcast.
1: But, uh, so, yeah. So, huh? I was watching a, an Instagram video, right? I'm, I'm talking about living life and I'm, I'm talking about Instagram. But it was Will Smith, right? He's always putting out like positive stuff, right? And he was talking about how he went up and uh, was skydiving, right? And he was up there and he was like, you get up there and it's like so peaceful and you're, you're nervous, and, like, you don't want to jump because it's, like, so high, and, like, you've never done this before. And he was, like, as they're saying, like, three, two, one, jump. Like, you're, like, I don't want to do this. And then you jump, and, like, what you see is so beautiful that, like, you would have never seen it if, like, you didn't have this experience. Like, only this experience of skydiving can show you this type of beauty, right? And he was, like, and this is, like, God, and I don't know, I'm not, like, I don't want to push God on people. If you're not a spiritual believer, then take this for what it's worth. The creator from up above or whatever you believe in. He was like, God places the greatest things in life on the other side of fear. And that like definitely hit me because it's like, if you don't have the the will or courage to try new things or do different things, you're never going to experience some of the best things in life. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's like you're caught in the middle of like, I don't want to do this because I'm fearful that this will happen. But if you just get out there and do it, you're like, wow, like, this was amazing. I'm so glad I had the courage and took this leap of faith to do this cool thing. I'm done rambling, but that's no, what
0: I had to say. No, it's, that's good stuff, man. And I, I think, um, you know, to to add to it, like, I, I kind of just had an experience like that with me and my buddy when we, were, when we were going from Vegas to L.A. And instead of just taking the interstate, right, we decided – Uh, we just got a wild hair up our ass and we're like, Oh, let's take the back roads because we're a couple of Iowa boys. And we, we haven't seen the desert much. Right. And it's like, it's like new terrain for us. And when I was gone for those five days, the most memorable time I had was in a car with him in the middle of absolute nowhere with no cell reception. Um, We were bouncing around Indian reservations basically, and talking to these people who are so different from me. I, I, we were talking to a Navajo Indian guy at this place, and like, you know, think of like the the life that this this gentleman had had compared to what I grew up with in rural Southwest Iowa, and I'm in suburbia Des Moines right now, right? And you know, because we because we got off the beaten path a little bit, uh, I mean, we had a lot of good memories that we made on that trip together, but like the best one was. Um, seeing all these we were like we were, we were the only car george that we that we'd see for 30 40 minutes like we were in the absolute middle of nowhere bouncing around these teeny tiny little towns and it was amazing so I, I know exactly what you're talking about i just had a moment like that and i i'll remember that the rest of my life sitting there and we had a we pulled into some little teeny town uh in an Indian reservation there was nobody there but this little bar that was open and we got a Corona and sat there and talked to these people that were so different from us. And it was really a magical experience. I know exactly what you're saying.
1: Yeah. It's, it's just the simple things in life. I'm like, you know, what's the best is when you finally figure that out, Um, you, you just realize like life is so good with just the simple things. Like, and then it goes back to like, people are teasing me about like, He's singing Nickelback Rockstar the other day on Instagram, right? But it's so true. Like, listen to the lyrics. Like, you know, like, we all just want to be big rock stars living in top houses driving 15 cars. You know what I mean? Those things will never bring you happiness. It's those times, like you said, like, with your friend and you're driving in the middle of nowhere where you couldn't pay someone to do those types of things. But Those are the little things that bring, like, the most happiness. And I think that's so cool. Like, I I had a story where I I had bought um, bought a a kid a a huge, like, uh, monster truck, right? Mm -hmm. Huge monster truck. Kid loves monster trucks. And uh, he gets playing on the monster truck and loves, like, loves driving on the monster truck. And then so we get inside. We're hanging out. And I'm like, hey, you want to go ride in the monster truck? And he was like, how about we go – can we make a fort out of the big box from the monster truck? Huh. And in my mind, I'm thinking, like, this huge monster truck. <laughs> like, we just let and got this monster truck, and the thing that you, like, want is a fort made out of the, the box that it came in? Yeah. It just made me realize, like, it's just the small things that, that people appreciate, even these little kids. Oh, yeah. And I, I just think it's, it's a beautiful thing in life where – you can just realize that life is so good with just the the simple things in life, love, you know, happiness, and just good people around you. I I think that's what it's all about. And I always revert that back to Iowa because, like, that's where I kind of, like, found it all, you know? like, Because in my mind, I'm thinking, like, how could you be happy growing up in a town of, like, 200 people or, like, 2,000 people? You don't know anybody, but it's like the bond you create and the happiness that you have. With those people, it doesn't
0: get any better. No, I just experienced that, man. I mean, in the last few weeks, to be honest, it really kind of sucked. I I lost two of my uncles within four days of one another. and But, I, you know, the one thing that I – there's two things that I really brought from that. um, Because I I think you and I are a lot alike in the sense that you do try and find things that you can learn from every situation, right? That will make you better. And one was – Kind of what we're talking about, about just living life and not worrying too much about tomorrow because tomorrow really might never come. Um, you kind of hit a real—I turned 35 over the weekend, and and my blood—you know, my family tree just got chopped in half basically within a week of one another. It's kind of a realization, like a big bucket of cold water dumped on you, and it wakes you up if that makes any sense. And two. Oh. The like the sense of community that our family received in the the love that I think that I won't say only small town Iowa I think just small town USA in general but like five thousand people in my hometown and it's crazy that you you pretty much know everybody which is super rare yeah. and like George I, I I wish I could show you the amount of food that people brought to our family <laughs> over that week like. We, we didn't have enough freezer space like we were filling up deep freezes like we were having to borrow freezer space from neighbors and stuff to fill up um you know to be able to preserve all of this food it's just it's a super special place i know why you feel like i know why you love it the way that you do because i i was reminded that in the last week i mean it, it really is truly a And I think it's just Midwestern living too. I'm not saying there's not good people on the Eastern. There's good people everywhere, but it's different here. And especially in those smaller towns. I mean, you just, you mentioned, um, the best way I can describe it is like, um, you, you have to rely on everybody, right? Like when you're in, when you're in high school, like everybody's got to play all the sports. Everybody's got to be in the band. Everybody has to be in the choir because if you don't. You're not going to have any of those things, and we all rely on each other. And I, I think that's why, it, it, in the end of the day, it's as special as it is. Right?
1: No, and I think some people have to leave and come back to appreciate how special it is. You know? Yeah. That's, no, that's it's a great place. Do we have? Do we have any fan questions? I, I know we've been terrible about. I that, don't
0: but. have any today. We we cleaned it out the last time, so okay, uh, for next week, I'll I'll reask and we'll, we'll get some more. But I know a lot of the guys have been wanting to hear that Iowa kiss story. We've gotten that like five times. So we got that knocked out. We did a little, um, Niang Williams, like motivational speaking today. Um, yeah, they
1: got it all today. Talk to Matt Thomas.
0: Um, let's plug your golf tournament real quick and your camp coming up. Um, that is in, I'm emceeing the golf tournament. I want to say it's in August right? It's like middle of... No, 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 no. it's in a couple weeks. July 29th. Okay. Yes. July 29th. Thank you. You know my calendar better than I do, apparently. Come on,
1: Chris. Come on. When's camp? Camp is going to be the 28th. Um, It's going to be at uh, the attack facility right across from the Succa facility. um, July 28th. um, uh, 9-4- a ton of uh, sponsors are bringing free stuff. So, kids come down, have a fun day, learn some basketball, get us some free gear. It's going to be a blast. It's, it's really going to be a lot of fun. It's my favorite time of the year because I remember those moments, you know, when I was at basketball camp and just had the opportunity to just be with my friends, play basketball. Um Lindsey finally does a great job of running the camp and, yeah. and teaching these kids his skills. You know, I just show up and and kind of do my own thing um, and, and try to work with as many kids as possible as, as I can in the time that I'm there. Um, so it's just it's just a fun fun way to, to interact with kids. And I just remember it meaning so much to me when I was a young kid going to these camps and, and being with my friends and playing basketball. And that's the beauty of it.
0: All right, man. Appreciate you. Have a great fourth. Uh, send us some pictures from Idaho. I'll send you some pictures of me with my shirt off at a bush light setting off fireworks. There we
1: go. I love it. I will. I will for sure.
0: All right, brother. We'll talk to you uh, next you week. take
1: it easy. All right.